All right, this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. And this is Dakota Guy. All right, uh, so we got Dakota here. Uh, first, we're going to hit the gym update. Um, I'll go first, that way we can kind of lean into you. Um, gym update for me has been going pretty good. Uh, my, I have a couple students, clients, whatever the fuck, competing not this weekend but next. Um, is that the one up in Tacoma? Or it's whatever? in Lakewood. Okay. Yeah, same shit, right? It's pretty close. Um, I'm pretty excited for that because one of them's 16. Dude, that's killer. It's awesome, dude. And uh, so we finally figured out his numbers this week. Um, the way I do shit is I don't work out at all the week before competition. You're okay. not going to get any stronger. And it's just like you busted your ass until then. The amount of injury that's possible in that last week, pushing your body to that thing, it's just not worth it for me. Um, especially when we were just doing strength sports. You know, I, yeah. I always tell them, keep a little blood in your muscles. Do some body squats, maybe some push-ups or some shit. But don't, like, don't overdo it. You want to be fresh. Don't go 500-pound deadlifts or something like that. Right. Well, so the thing is, the way I learned that was uh, I was super pissed. I went to El Salvador for the first time for two Mm -hmm. weeks. And I was going seven days a week, three hours a day. Just boom, 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 every fucking day. That was like I was super into it. And uh, I was mad I had two-week vacation. Because in El Salvador, there's no fucking gyms down there. There's nothing that can handle the weight I'm pulling. So I just didn't do shit, and I came back, and I was way fucking stronger. Because hmm. I had finally let my body rest. That, that good deload. Right. And so it was, it was interesting that, that, like, that really does come into effect, that rest. And so I ended up finally figuring out I do four days a week, and that is all. I will not go more than that because it's pushing my body too much. Now, mm-hmm. I play soccer. I fucking coach soccer. I, I kickbox. So I, oh, I kickbox on Friday. First time in like six months, it was it was terrible. <laughs> I, I I like I lost all my cardio. I'm like I'm not just like breathing hard. I'm wheezing oh, from geez. how hard I'm going. And this after like the first round, I had a fucking knot on my arm from catching a kick, a knot on my shin from shin to shin, and then I had a huge fucking bruise on my knee from shin to knee, which hurt him more than it hurt me, but it still fucking hurt. Yeah, because it's been a long time. I mean, when I was getting ready for a fight a couple of years ago. You, I'd take like a rolling pin to my shins and just fucking crush that shit because you don't want to feel your shins, especially when you're kicking, right? Mm-hmm. I just kicked a bag and it hurt. But like, God damn. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to throw hands. I couldn't keep my hands up at all. Like it got to the point where I could not lift my left hand, my jab hand, right? I couldn't even pick it up. I was barely getting it up to my chin. And and uh, my coach, the, the coach for kickboxing, his name Skyler, was just beating the shit out of me. And he's like, and then he finds it like, you know what? How about you just hit me? I'm like, I, I can't even do that. I can't. So anyway, so they have a competition this, this coming weekend, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for. It's the first one I'm like coaching people at. And it's powerlifting. It's all uh, tested. Oh. Yeah. So uh, all these guys are non-juiced, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all natty. Um, which is weird for me, you know, like going into a comp, they're like, well, so how do they test for that? I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never been to one of those, you know? So I can tell you on the bodybuilding side, how we did it, right. but not the powerlifting side. I'm well, assuming. how do they do it on bodybuilding? So depending on the federation you're competing in, a lot of them use your analysis, like OCB, they're coming actually back to Vancouver. They got a show here on April 1st at Clark College, but, uh, first time in a while they've been back, but they do like your analysis stuff. And like if you're before. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or after, if you're the winner, they a lot of times will box you and make you go have somebody watch you pee. Yeah. Um, but other, like, from my understanding, when you get a pro card in the OCB, 
you also can be selected randomly during off season yeah. to be tested too. That's, that's good though. Which is which is great. The WNBF is a little different. So that's the federation I competed in. Um, you do polygraphs. Oh, they put you in a room with somebody and they ask you, have you ever done? And then they start listing substances wow. like everything. And a lot of the stuff that they're looking at now and are they compare to WADA, so the Olympic stuff, and then they have their own list on top of it. So the list of what you can use is shorter than the oh, list yeah. of what you can't. Like um, DHEAA. Yeah. They can't use that. Really? Precursor for testosterone. Yeah. Interesting, because that's not that... No, and it's available over the counter. But right. there's enough research to back it up... That it is enhancing. That, that it is... It's considered enhanced, which is interesting. Um, deer antler extract. Yeah. Can't use that technically in the synthetic form, but deer antler extract by itself, so like the natural compound... You can use. There's some weird gray zones, like when you actually read through it, which I did for fun. Terrible idea. Yeah. Don't don't read through it for fun. It's a lot. Yeah. But um, so then you win. Say you win your your class. They got a box. They put you in the box. Nobody's allowed to touch you. Yeah. They walk you to the bathroom. They watch you pee. They seal it. They sign it. Multiple people sign off on it. It gets dropped into a safe. That safe then goes to a lab. Yeah. And you wait till the urinalysis results come back. They compare to the polygraph test. And then if you come back good on both, you get your pro card or continue to get a, win that class. Well, so, so far what I read, this is USPA rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing is um, they're going off the winners mm-hmm. and the lights, right? Okay. So you got to get three lights, right? Three white lights. And... So if you, basically, if you're going to break a record or some shit, then they'll test you. Mm-hmm. Or if you won your class, you're going to get tested. Yeah. But they don't do shit before then. Which, to me, I mean, I feel like anything leading up to that is really kind of a waste of time and resources, if, you, if I'm being honest with you. Because, I mean, be. you're polygraphing how many fucking people? And, like, two of them fucking matter in that weight class? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why not just let them all fucking compete? And then the winners test those fucking guys because that's the only one that yeah. matters. Or I guess not because if those guys if don't the, pass, if then if it's the, the next Yeah, two. and then the guy in like second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever could potentially move up one, two, three slots depending if people fail. Interesting. Okay. It's just – I think a lot of it has to do with how the image is. Okay. So NPC, you know – IFBB stuff. Nobody tests. Yeah. But they have the NPC natural shows. They have right. a couple here locally in our region. They just kind of randomly pick. But you walk into the show and you're doing your way in at check-ins. You know by looking at everyone when they're doing check-in, he's getting tested, she's getting tested, and you can point out who's getting tested. Yeah. Because you know that they are picking the biggest person in that room at the natural show to test. It's just random. Right. Random. We'll put that in quotes. Random, but, sure. You know, at the end of the day, that one is probably the loosest, but there's like 15 natural federations now across the U.S., wow. let alone the world. And, you know, I think the NPC did a great job of putting it all under one umbrella for 
the enhanced side of the sport. But the natural side of the sport, I think, is just there's too many differences in the rules and what substances people can use and what they can't use. And it's like you could argue um, long jack. It's it's another natural substance. It's a, a root extract that's supposed to help with testosterone production. Okay. Something like, it's like 800 milligrams a day is supposed to add, it's like 15% or something like that. I can't remember. It's been a while since I read the study. But it was like, oh, that'll help boost your testosterone. Okay, that's great. Right. But So does swinging an axe. Exactly. Lifting heavy things does it too. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean... To me, uh, the natural side of things, it, it's pretty cool, but I mean, I went to a natural um, um, powerlifting meet, and I'm there, and I'm like, okay, cool. I got there like 20 minutes late. It's at my gym, Hardcore Barbell, yeah, hardcore. right up here. Yeah. And um, so it was a natural powerlifting meet, and I'm there, I'm watching, and they get to like, they're like, and the biggest lift of the day, and it was like 550, and this dude was big, and I was like the fuck's going on here? Like, like, I didn't know it was a natural show. You're like, that's a warm-up. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? This is the biggest lift of the day. It's like 550? Fuck that guy. And they're like, oh, he did it. He broke the record. And I'm like, of what? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, in this gym, even? Like, what is happening? And I turned over, and uh, Craig, the guy who owns it, was yeah. walking by. I was like, hey, is this natural? What the fuck? He's like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm like, all right, I'm out. You know, like I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time. And that's the thing. It's, it sucks because, you know, it's, it's still, it should be appreciated more than it is because of how fucking hard it is to do. But I want to see big weight, man. You know, same with like the bodybuilding side. People want to see the freaks. People, huge dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, flex wheels, C-bum, you know, he, you know, I heard you had an affinity for C-bum. I mean, bodybuilding turns you a little gay. I'm going to be That's completely okay. You're honest. appreciating the male form in all of its greatness. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's my, my <laughs> wife, my wife, you know, you had her on a couple months back now. Yeah. But uh, she jokes. She's like, I don't have to worry about you leaving me for another woman now. Now it's like, oh, you know, like it's this bodybuilder. We just laugh about it. But, yeah. you know, it's you, I think in all sports, and especially weight-driven sports, so, you know, bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit even, you know, you look at the people who are moving the weight, are yeah. getting the physique, and you just admire that. Right. And you're like, I want to be there. Like, you know, whether it's Thor or Eddie Hall or any of those guys, like, I'm sure you look up and go, like, yes, I want to be able to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Pull the, what was it, the, like, 1,300-pound deadlift that Eddie did where he was, you know, bleeding his nose yeah, out of his nose. And, and, and he and they're like, what were you thinking about? He's like, oh, I was just imagining you deadlifting a car off my children. And it's yeah. like, that's wild. To have that sheer willpower and strength to be able to do that and pull that. Yeah. So, but I think all sports are like that. Well, so I have a, a little thing. I, I argue with the squat bar. Because the squat bar is the most dangerous to me. And the reason I say that is because I, I do strongman. I bench, sure. But it's really more just to build a, a chest. Mm-hmm. And really all I'm doing is building a shelf for my press. For my mm-hmm. overhead press. That's really all I'm doing. I don't fucking <laughs> care about bench press. But, um, so for me, the squat is the most dangerous for me because it's also, 
I'm in like the 700s for my squat. Mm -hmm. So every time I get under that fucking thing, I'm like, I could die. Yeah. And so I, I have this conversation with the squat bar and I say, all right, then fucking kill me then. If you can. And I get under this fucking bar and I'm like, kill me. And like in my head, I'm like, fucking kill me if you can, you little bitch. Like I'm like yelling at this bar. And really all you guys see is me just like staring at the wall. Like angrily staring at the wall. But in my own head, I'm like arguing with this fucking bar about... Yeah, you can't kill me, you fucking bitch. Fight, fight your, <laughs> fighting your inner demons right. at the same time and your the bar happens to be your demon at that well, point. It's funny because a lot of people do like smelling salts and shit. I can't do that. Cause it just it, it blanks me out. Like I can't think, I can't do any of that shit. And I'm like a like a rage lifter is what I do. Like wow. I have to get in that mindset. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. I saw your gyms coming along pretty good. It's slow, yeah. It's yeah. we just finished drywall, so drywall's all Roughed in, so we got mud coming up this week. And cool. Mud tape paint Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, pending healing. Yeah. Pending know. healing. Pending healing on me. I'll uh, install flooring later on this week oh, or next nice. week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, get get snipped. You never quite know if it's going to be a three-day heal time or like a seven-day right. heal okay. time. So let's get to that. So I'm snipped already. So I'm going to tell you, I don't know how you're getting it done or who's getting, who's doing it for you. Um, when I went in, I the first thing I was thinking was like, please don't get hard. While this lady's <laughs> like, she's shaving you, she's flipping it up and down, she's washing it the whole time. That was when I was like, uh-oh. I was getting a little chub while she's like washing it, right? Like, because she's got to make sure it's clean and sterile. Yeah. And she's like, okay, now don't touch it. And I'm kind of like, well, I'd like to. You know, but like, I get it. So dude comes in with what looks like pliers, a scalpel, and a soldering iron. Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I don't, I'm not looking. I don't want to see. I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. And then all I do, you just feel tugging, like a lot of tugging almost in your stomach. And then you smell smoke, like burning flesh. Oh, and I'm boy. like, oh my God. So there was a teeny tiny hole on this side, teeny tiny hole on that side. And that's it. So you get up and you walk out and I'm like, I know I don't feel anything, but my body's making me walk like this. Is this weird? She's like, do what your body tells you to do. Okay. Just, <laughs> just for the next couple of days. So it, the, she had me get, um, what is it? A fucking jock strap. Yep. They, they required me. They're like, we will not do the procedure if you do not have one. It is fantastic. I still wear that thing every once in a while. I bought one of the ones with the little freezy pack thing, so I'm going to throw those oh, in, shit. right? Okay. Like 15 bucks on Amazon. I was like, all right, I'm going to be miserable, and I'd rather not just have a bag of peas. Well, so I would say it really fucking hurts the first day. Yeah. And it's really just kind of throbbing and just, just hurts. You kind of get over it after the next couple of days, because you're, you're going to be popping like ibuprofen or Advil or something, Probably. right? Like you just, you might as well. Um, but I'd say after a couple of days, you just, you feel fine. And then the problem for it is, is you feel fine, right? So oh, she's like, pushing it. so for two weeks, don't touch shit. I take my, my injuries is what I consider that mm -hmm. extremely seriously, especially after fucking tearing my bicep and having new surgery, all that other Ugh. shit. I play no games. So yeah. I didn't touch shit for two weeks and it was so hard. Like anything over 20 pounds, you're not supposed to be picking up. Right. And I've got a 35 pound toddler. Right. Like, riders running around. like, And he's in the phase right now where, unfortunately, mom is kind of chopped liver right now. Right, like, because she's I, pregnant again. 
Well, no, not just that. Like, I think it's just the face. Oh, he too. doesn't care. He doesn't oh, care. Right, right. So he's just like, runs up. It's like, I get home from work. Yeah. All he wants is me. Right, of course. And, and so it's like, dude, I'm like, for the next week, like, I'm not going to be able to do much. I'm sorry. Like, right. please understand. Don't throw a fit. Just protect your nads. Yeah. So the, the way I'd handle that is I actually was playing with my cousin's little kid. Uh, Claire and, and fucking Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I would sit down, like protect my shit, right? And let them climb up my leg. Mm-hmm. So you're not picking them up at all. Your legs are carrying yeah. the weight. It's it's really dead weight on you. And you're not having to do shit, right? Because they're big ass kids too. And so that that's the way I ended up working with that. And it was, it was fine, but I don't know, man. So we're getting snipped. So you got two kids... Yeah, right. one's here, one's on the way. We got a little girl on the way. Nice, one of each. I got yeah. the same shit. Yeah, Alyssa had the name picked out for, shoot, I feel like a decade now, but okay. Blakely Lorraine. Blakely Lorraine. It, I, we haven't decided on spelling 100% yet. There's like three different versions of spellings that we're going through, and I'm like, yeah. can we just do it like where somebody looks at it and goes, ah, that's not that weird. Please, right. <laughs> like, you look at the spelling and you're like, what? Hold on, that is a first and middle name, right? Or is it Blakely Lorraine as a one whole word? Uh, it'll be first and middle, Okay, but okay. it sounds like it's going to free flow, like, some first and middle names, too, where you just use both names, okay, like, the Blakely whole time. Lorraine. Like but, Heather Ann. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or Mary. I don't know if you're going to be able to. That shit's long as shit. I know. It is, it is a long name, but, yeah. you know, it could be worse. And then there's writer, which is super short. Right. But finding a a name, you know, that works with Dakota is difficult. Yeah. That's a family thing on my side. So the oldest son gets the father's first name as their middle name. So okay. writer Dakota. I'm Dakota Matthew. My dad is Matthew Stephen, Stephen Earl. Interesting. Keep going. It's like six or seven generations deep, but... It's just one of those things. Ryder Dakota. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. It works. It That was a months-long process. It was like, we got like, oh, we got three weeks till the kid's supposed to be here. Like, we need to finalize this name. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing, but. You know, my, uh, my son's Tanner Thomas Townsend. Triple T. Yeah, because that's what we were going for. But I wanted Thomas Tanner Townsend. Okay. I wanted him to be ta- Tommy, the Green Ranger. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but she pops him out and goes, I want Tanner first. And I'm like, after that, I'm not arguing with shit. It's like <laughs> right? an 11 hour fucking pregnancy or uh, oh, man. labor. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Right. You... Okay. Full disclosure. Alyssa had like 43 and a half hours of active labor. Jesus. She never reached a full 10 centimeter. Either. Wow. It was nine and a half and they were like, nope. And we're going for it. And it's like, okay. But she was done. Tapped. Like, oh, yeah. And Alyssa did competitive CrossFit for a couple of years. Yeah. And like, so she can push pretty hard. Between that and rodeo stuff, she knows how to push her body pretty hard. I would not argue that it was probably the most taxing thing she has ever done. And probably ever will do. Yeah. It, at least with the rider being the first. He had well, a fat the second head, one though. should be easier. That's Ryder had a fat head. He took after dad. Fat. Yeah, he still got a fat head. It's like the ninety-second percentile or wow. something. Yeah, he's got a fat head, but he's just big. Yeah, 
he's like 97th for height, 92nd in the head. He's, I think, right at 90 for weight. He's just a big kid, but he puts down a lot of food. Yeah, good. I, I, did, a, I did a rough tracking in my fitness pal to see, like, okay, in an average day, how many calories is Ryder eating? And I'm like, oh, there's 1,300. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, kid puts it down. That's yeah. good, though. That's good, man. I, it's hard as shit to even get my daughter to eat anything. Yeah. So it's nice to have one that eats. My son eats. Yeah. But my daughter doesn't. We'll so. find out with the second one if she eats. But I think because we didn't do, like, purees or anything. It yeah. was just, here's a slab of meat. Have fun. What? Good luck. Really? Yeah. So you, you make it big enough. Um, they can suck all the juices and stuff out of it, which is, let's be honest. That's the part everybody loves, you know, yeah. the, the juicy steak, like okay. juicy chicken. You're 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 drinking the juice at the end. So you're feeding your kid just meat. No, it's all whole food. We we don't do just meat. Okay, but it's all whole all sorry all whole food. Um, like his extravagant treats are like a product we really enjoy. That's really clean. It's called Keto Brick. Um, a friend of mine actually makes them. But they're uh, thousand calorie bricks. They're 150 grams, like weight, but it is like 88 to 92 grams of fat, anywhere from six to 15 carbohydrates, and like 30 to 35 grams of protein. So it's it's a truly ketogenic bar, but it's all like good ingredients, super clean stuff. I like them. I'm eating about one a day right now. Ryder can eat anywhere from half of one to a full brick in a day. So he could put down a thousand calories with ease. But we we really like their product. So that's probably the most like processed food that he gets. Otherwise it's oh, dad's having a steak. Well, Ryder's having a steak too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, dad like we did pan fried chicken last night. He got pan fried chicken. You know, things like that. And like we do some veggies, we're kinda picky. We don't do any grains in our house and we don't do like any starchy potatoes corn anything like that either um but he gets he eats brussels sprouts like pan fried brussels sprouts and bacon grease yeah he'll he'll demolish those asparagus he loves that so interesting we just do a whole food approach um his metabolism isn't jacked Alyssa and mine are complete were completely screwed for years so That's something we can dive down. Like, before bodybuilding, I was like 275 pounds. I remember that. Yeah. You guys were both pretty big. Yeah. Both Alyssa and I. So, I lost 110 pounds in total. Between high known weight, which I was probably bigger than that. I just didn't get on the scale. When you get to be that size and you're not, like, competing in, like, powerlifting or strongman, where it's, like, the more leverage you get, the better. When you're just the average guy drinking way too much because my name's Dakota and I have a drinking problem so that's why I don't um when you get to be that big you just stop stepping on the scale and you get a you get a little worried and it it, you know it takes a a catalyst of some kind to really get you going down the path but yeah I lost 110 Alyssa I think was 95 in total weight loss 
Right now, I mean, obviously, she's pregnant right now, so we are not tracking her weight at all. Right. At least I am not. I don't think she is either. The doctor does whenever we go in for visits, but that's it. Right. But that's not a focus of ours at all right now. But, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. So, yeah, the, the weight loss stuff was difficult. And then the bodybuilding that came from that. Ugh, don't don't get into natural bodybuilding for financial reasons. You'll go broke. Right, right. There's zero money in natural bodybuilding. Well, I think it's the same thing with any um, any strength sport at all. You know, and and the thing is, so I I heard this thing uh, Eddie Hall was talking about, um, like why he does strongman versus like bodybuilding or anything of that nature. And uh, I feel like bodybuilding is so just subjective. You know what I mean? Like, it's just based on whatever looks best to the people who sit up front. You know what I mean? There's a standard. Right. So, like... But no matter what, a judge is picking. Yes. It, but there's a panel. It's not just one. Right. So, like, the NPC show, there was nine judges. The WNBF show, I think we had seven judges on that one. And then we'll see... I'm... I've got all the local shows listed out in my phone. I have dates and locations and everything. And we're going to actually go to a lot of them regionally this year. Okay. So that way we could see just so that way I can plan. Because, like, I'm three years out. Like, I'm just putting on size for the next three years and then going to do it again. But I want to know which shows have the better lighting. Which ones bring in the better judges, you know, where I think they're actually doing their job. Right. And so it's like... But yeah, it's completely subjective. It's not, oh, he deadlifted 600 pounds and he deadlifted 601. It's it's not like that where it's, you know, that's very black and white. Somebody did it, somebody did not. Whereas bodybuilding, it's, well, the lighting is a little bit better. Posing is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Posing, if you don't practice posing for months, you're going to fall on your face. And I can say that with all honesty because I did. Wow. Posing sucks. Yeah. WNBF, by far the worst when it comes to posing because they basically hold you on stage hostage for 20 minutes doing posing, which is a workout. You are breaking a sweat. Oh, yeah. Within the first two minutes, three minutes, you're breaking a sweat. And then the NPC, it's like five minutes on stage. Turn, 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 turn. Do these couple mandatories. Get out of here. The WNBF, it's they they're much more stringent with their judging, I would say. Okay. So they um, take more time, which in turn is harder on the athletes if you don't have. And I think that's a big determining factor too in bodybuilding because the guys that lasted from minute one to minute twenty versus the guys that lasted from minute one to minute five, yeah. the ones who last longer are going to look better at the end and rack up more points, and in turn place higher which is neat to see that's something that you don't you don't see when you're just there watching you're like oh they're you know they're doing it but when you're upstage posing and you're holding these poses and every muscle is flexed it's hard oh yeah it is hard so and just getting into some of those poses is hard enough not to mention yeah hold them yeah get getting into them is is kind of rough and like Trying to get every muscle engaged because if you have one muscle that's not engaged, it can be when you're on stage and super dark and you've got the stage lights on you, it's easy to see. Yeah. Versus when you're, you know, 
video calling with somebody and doing posing practice that way, or even in person in their gym, which I have a posing coach down in Eugene I work with. So I drive to Eugene to go pose. And like it's even then it's hard because the lighting's not the same as the stage day. Right. You don't have the spray tan. You don't have all those little details. Like you're elevated on the stage. So they're looking up at you. So that makes a difference. And you're posing ankle. Like, well, is it a four foot rise from the judges to the where you know the wow. stage versus a seven foot? Yeah. That makes a difference on how far over you need to bend with your, you know, rear double bicep. Things like that. When you're arcing your back, how far back so they can see your shoulder blades. Wow. There's like a the, there's a lot of little nuances that can really determine how well you do. And that's something you don't really see until you do it. Right. I never went to a bodybuilding show. I just decided to compete in one to start with. Yeah. Yeah, the first bodybuilding show I went to and watched was after I was done competing. So I did my natural shows, and then um, the NPC had an open the next day after my NPC natural show. So I went and watched that. Cool to watch. Yeah. Completely different to be competing. Oh, yeah. So And we had some friends that were competing both days in the natural and the open. So I wanted to be there to support them versus running home. Right. It was different. It was neat to be a spectator, but it's even more fun to be on stage. Oh, yeah. So what made you... I know you lost a bunch of weight, right? And uh, I want to get to the keto thing because I keep hearing it. I've looked into it slightly, but it's just not something I'm even interested in. So I'd love love that explained. So that part, but... uh, what made you just choose bodybuilding over anything else? Like, were you just looking in the mirror and you're like, fuck yeah, I look great. Everyone needs to see this. <laughs> a little bit, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to the level I needed to. I probably only hit about 8% body fat. And like I realistically need to be like 4 to 6 Yeah. to be more competitive. Like I want to be leaner. Next time around, like well, and you got it. It's your first show, exactly, so I'm and it's the leanest I'd be ever bigger. been. Yeah. So it's like I want to be bigger and I want to be leaner. Like that is the feedback I got. Well, bigger, I think leaner. I, when I talked to Alyssa, you had like done what, like two posing sessions before that, or something like that. I had done two in person ones, but I had done a bunch of online stuff okay. because it's just it's hard to commute three hours to UG. Absolutely. So yeah. I mean, Aaron, shout out to you know Aaron down at Genuine Fitness. They're actually doing a. Uh, it's 11. They're doing a posing class right now down nice. there, but he's a WNBF pro and okay. he's also a natural powerlifting pro too. Interesting. But he has a, a gym down in Eugene and he does all the coaching and posing stuff down there, which was, which is great. Yeah. Super anal guy when it comes to posing, which is really great. Yeah. You want, but it's hard to do it in person versus online. It's completely different. Yeah, I it, I wish Aaron lived next door to me. Yeah, but he does not. Well, I mean, I've seen. I mean, so I, I'll fuck around, right, and try and flex and, and do all that other stuff. It took me, I want to say, three years before I can get a full lat spread. Oh, lat spread! I would argue lat spread is the most difficult thing. And Absolutely. I, I because like when you're doing like a 
standard lat spread and yeah. you're you know rolling your thumbs underneath your your ribs and everything to get that spread you're not you're not supposed to be flexing your lats you're rolling them out which right. is different yeah absolutely versus if you're doing the overhead double bicep it's easy to roll your lats in that yeah but it's it's difficult but I so went, I I still can only like get half my lats out when I'm oh. going underneath but that over the top one I can really shove them out cuz it is I'm used to the flex, like being able to, to like pinpoint which muscles I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like using, right? But I also, I don't, I haven't spent enough time like trying to get them to look yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because like, like you're saying, it's not about the flex for the underneath. It's about rolling them out. It's getting the wings so you could jump out of an airplane right, and exactly. glide down. like Yeah, squirrel diving. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's fun. It's different. I picked bodybuilding over other physique and strength sports because that's what my coach was doing. So fun fun fact: coaches have coaches. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. but I, he's you know a GBO pro, which is another natural bodybuilding federation. They used to have some competitions in Spokane. Unfortunately, the promoter passed away. So he's coming in. He's actually going to competing this year. He's in Arkansas now, but he's flying out here to compete in a couple shows here in the Northwest. That's cool. Right? So we're going to be there with him. But he is a a bodybuilder. And a lot of the guys I looked at and, like, had similar parenting philosophies, nutrition philosophies within that, within the keto space that I'm a part of. And, like, we're just genuinely good people. All fell into the bodybuilding camp, which was different. And I think... When you look at natural bodybuilding specifically, it's a culture that's different than standard bodybuilding. It's the camaraderie that's there is wild. So in the couple shows I did up north, north of Seattle, there was a lot of overlap. And there's a lot of people that I met once. They found me on Facebook and Instagram, and I would argue I talked to them weekly. Yeah. Which I have a better relationship with them than some of my own family. Right, of course. <laughs> but it's always just, it's supportive. It's yeah. what can I do to help you? I, yeah. You know, everybody wants to be part of this. Everybody wants to elevate that side of the sport. And it's just different. And well, so I, I realized that. when I started doing Strongman, you would think that we all were like, fuck you, I hope you fall. You know what I mean? Or hope that breaks you or whatever. But it really is its own community where we're like, you, you, you'd be surprised how much I want this guy to lift lift that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't lift that, and he doesn't think he can lift that, but I want him to lift that mm-hmm. because now I want to lift that. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, So we're all trying to build each other up and bring us all up as a whole. And um, as far as I know, bodybuilding is kind of, um, you know, kind of its own thing. It's a niche sport. It, is. it really is. I mean, just like strongman and powerlifting. But yeah. I mean, argument, those are growing. Right. So is bodybuilding right now. I, I can say that like people like Chris Bumstead, he is a phenomenal face for bodybuilding. Yeah. He, from everything I've heard from people who actually have met him, he's a genuinely good guy. Okay. And I think we need more people like that in these sports in general to draw people in. Our, we're as a as a whole. We're getting fatter. We're getting sicker. We're not getting stronger. Right. But if you want longer life, you need to be able to be strong, 
you need to be fit in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, there's supposedly five markers for health. But, you know, I'm like, even like sumo wrestling. It's yeah. like sumo wrestlers are actually incredibly healthy when you look at it. Like, yes, they are considered obese. But you look at where the fat is distributed in their body, it's not around the organs. It's not that typical dangerous fat. Right. It's all just exterior because they need the physical size to do what they do. Right. Just like a lot of strongmen and powerlifters, it's like, yeah, you're going to have some extra body fat because you know you're eating north of 10,000 calories a day. Yeah. But who cares? I mean, I mean, as long as it's not the you know dangerous or you know around the organs where it's causing issues, and you can, you can still go out and do everything you want to do with no issue. Like, why worry? It's so that's actually one of the point I was getting at is the evolution of the sports right now. Um, like strongman right now, the strongest man in the world right now has abs, mm-hmm. and he's fit as shit. You know, like he looks fucking great. And it, it's turned, like, even Brian Shaw, Eddie Hall, the mountain, everybody, they're not trying to be these big, fat, obese, just blobs. blobs. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to be fucking athletes, and it's really showing. Like, mass does move mass, sure, scientifically, but strength moves everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, I'm just sick of everybody saying what one thing has to be. Yeah, and I, th- I think part of it is, is, like, okay, realistically, you know, being 3% body fat, you know, stage lean is impossible to maintain a long-term healthy. But at the same time, if you're going to be 400, 500 pounds, you're not going to have the same strength. It's like there's a balance there somewhere in the middle of your, st- for like, strength specifically. Like, yeah. I lift better at 190 that I did at 165. Right. Tenfold. But, you know, I don't lift as good at 205. Like, that 200-pound mark, yeah. I noticed my lifts start to, like, per pound of body weight, they start to decline. It just, the ratio isn't there. That's yeah. fine. I noticed that I'm taking the lean gains approach. But yeah. I think everybody in the, in sports in general are getting better. I think Absolutely. we can blame CrossFit a little bit for that. I don't want to blame CrossFit for anything besides being garbage. So, so I actually had this conversation Friday night with a with a friend of mine because the the place I coach at mm-hmm. did a lot of CrossFit, um, and so I'm doing a strength class, but they still have some CrossFit classes. And uh, his name's James Strange, and, and he has a he's he's pretty good man. And so we had a conversation about just my problem really is with the amount of shit coaching that it's easy to become a crossfit coach it's easy to become a crossfit fucking gym and all this other shit they're not these are highly technical lifts you're telling these people to do and you're not teaching them how to fucking do it I, yeah qual- so, quality form is something so that's some missed. good crossfit gyms absolutely do i think it's sustainable over a lifetime no it's not because just the amount of just pure stress you're putting on your body like that just the the high cardio all that other shit it's just not sustainable oh yeah like you you watch these guys like so have you watched the crossfit games documentary yeah. on not, not the documentary but I've okay so the there's there's two they're neat to watch okay but you watch what they do like the rogue echo bike air bikes yeah i have a love-hate relationship with an echo bike 
Yeah. Minute tops, and I'm tapped. Like, yeah. and then it's you know minute off for for some hit training. Like, but these people are doing it for 10, 15 minutes straight, and I'm yeah. like, at some point, that's not going to be great on your joints. And it's, it's not, yeah. the the form like snatches, clean and jerks, things like that. Right. Like, if you're not doing your form right, you're going to do some damage to your shoulder at some point, right. and a lot of them do. So I think better form is important. Well, so that, I mean, Kips in general fucking piss me off. And uh, and the main reason is because it just, as long as you can do a Kip right, it doesn't take a lot of strength to get up there and do them. Yeah. Whereas, like, you should be doing strict pull-ups. You can't, right, for how fucking long. But once you get there, that's actual strength. Mm-hmm. Like, I weigh almost 300 pounds. I can bang out 90 fucking pull-ups. And I do every fucking week. And... 30 of them are overhand, 30 of them are underhand, and 30 of them are natural grip. I do them every fucking week. And I'm almost 300 fucking pounds. It took a long time to get there, but that's strength. Mm -hmm. Whereas I could have done a thousand fucking kipping pull-ups, and I don't see that doing anything besides just jerking my shoulder out of place. Yeah. You know, it's it's scary. At that point, not to knock you in any way, but your weight doing that... That could seriously damage your shoulder, so you need to be That's strict. A shoulder problem too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you need to be strict to prevent yeah. that. You go and do a sloppy pull up, you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, like just because of the momentum at that point. Well, I try to fucking. Uh, I have the strength and should be able to do a fucking uh, muscle up, right? With the amount of pull ups I can do, I can fucking dip all day. It's really me figuring out the form of mm-hmm. how to do a, a muscle up. But when I went to go do one, I had one arm up and I didn't catch the other arm right. And then I just, boom, fell and snapped down. Fuck, man. My shoulder's been fucked for weeks. Like, just that snap down because I'm heavy, you know? And that just, not good for my body, dude. But even even I was told not to run because I'm fucking huge. You know what I mean? And at that point, it, you know, at that point when you're told like, oh, you shouldn't do something physically because of your weight, it's like I would, I would almost argue that you need to start like looking at that. Well, like to do it in running just to in be general, well-rounded is not good for your joints in the no. end, anyways. Well, like treadmill running, no way. I don't. Right. The, the way running. the the way the decks are shaped, it doesn't make sense. It's why uh, we're actually going to go with like a. Belt, uh, motorless treadmill, like the assault runner, things like those. One, I don't need power for it. Two, they're better to improve your running form. Like, yeah, they suck. Yeah. Because you have to reteach yourself how to effectively run and drive yourself, which I think it's going to turn out to be better. But yeah, I loved that thing when I had it. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. And then I got a soft run treadmill for a little while is that one of the ones that are the full rubber belt um no so it's 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 still got the rubber belt and it's plastic in the center but it's wood so Mm. it has like a lot of give a lot more give yeah so as you're going it's not like fucking pounding pavement right because i'm a big guy and so when i was i was it was when i was getting ready for my fight they wanted me to do cardio but they wanted me to walk because i'm a heavyweight Right? Like, they don't want me running like that. And that's the thing is, if I needed to, I could run probably about two miles. Yeah. But, like, I don't need to. <laughs> and that's, that's what I tell everybody, too, is that, like, I get big, I get strong as fuck, and I'm, I've am i learned how to fight 
so that I don't have to run. Right? Because what what would I need to run from? What do you, I mean, besides a bear, but... I'll fight that thing too. Like, fuck it. I'm not going to win, but put that on my gravestone that I died fighting a bear. I'm fucking into it. Just don't put my picture on it. You know what I mean? At least after the fact. Right, not after. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's weird because everybody's got their own opinion of what fitness is and and like one of my things is I love I love strength sports because there's no arguing, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean the guy who's stronger fucking wins. Like you can argue oh that wasn't a lift this was a lift whatever, but the strongest guy wins. That's yeah. it. You know there's no you can't judge your way through it. You can't have an opinion about it. Like you just you can't bribe the judge. I mean, right. I mean everybody's watching you pick that shit up or not. Mm-hmm. That's and it. like timed events too. Those are, I mean, that kind of thing is neat. Like, whether you're doing, you know, Spartan races, ultras, yeah. marathon running, which I hate running. But, yeah. you know, things like that, I mean, they're timed. It's, you know, hey, you did the course. You didn't, you know, DQ in any way. You won. You got the best time. Yeah. It's like, it. that's where I think those sports are a little bit superior than other ones. Yeah, because it's there. There's no subjection there. You know, it's it's black and white. It's you won or you didn't. Yeah, but I still there's something about like Spartan races are fun because there's so many other events involved in it. You know, yeah. it's not just a run, a race. Yeah, right. It's almost like like if you were to run through war. You know, which is I appreciate. I signed I, up for one a long time ago. I want to do one. It's on my list to do. Yeah, but so that sounds like fun, but. I don't know. So talk to me about keto. What does that even mean? What does it mean so to you? So I can do the, do you, well, we can go with the, oh, let me just, you know, throw the Google term out. You know, keto yeah. is 70% fat, 20 to 25% protein, and between 5 and 10% carbohydrates. All right. That's, that's great. It's a high-fat diet. It's a little bit different than low-carb. So low carb is just low total carbohydrates. Generally, if you're under 100 grams of carbs, you're considered low carb. But a lot of those people will consume more protein. Whereas keto, true ketogenic, is a higher fat. So you're talking 70% of your calories, at least coming from fat. So it's a little different. I do it a little differently than most people. So a lot of people will count net carbs, you know. Total carbs minus fiber, sugar, alcohols, whatever other thing they perform in nutrition label witchcraft to uh, remove carbohydrates, you know, resistant starches. They're trying to remove those now and to, as to help with the lower net carbs. But it's like I count total carbohydrates. Um, I generally like today is going to be a day that's a high carb day for me. I'm going to be at 20 total grams of carbohydrates for the day. So yeah. What does that mean? You get you get an Oreo, like. Um. So like this morning, I bought Magic Spoon cereal. Okay. So it's a high protein cereal. There's no grains in it. It's just it uses like a whey protein base actually for cereal. Okay. We bought it to try it. I wanted to try some of them out. There's 14 grams of carbohydrates in that. So and that's total carbs. And then my mint chocolate chip keto brick I'm going to have later, it's actually in my truck, has six total carbohydrates. So there's my 20. 
the rest of my calories. So the keto brick has, I think, 88 grams of fat. And then like I had a little bit of almond milk in my cereal. There's a couple grams of fat in that. And then like I'm going to have some chicken this evening for dinner and some pork to get a little bit more fat to round out my calories for the day and hit my protein goal for the day. So I'm reverse dieting from the bodybuilding stuff and like we're doing it a little bit slower because I don't want to put on a ton of extra weight. So it's like uh, right now I'm eating about 160 grams of fat and 160 grams of protein and generally I'm only about 10, 15 total carbohydrates. 160 grams of protein? Yeah. So my lean body mass, I have DEXA scans, but my lean body mass is 151 pounds. Okay. So I know that. So I'm already exceeding the one gram per pound of lean body mass. I'm going to push it to probably closer to 180, 185, and then hold it there for a while Damn. and then drive the fat up. Um, That's there's, crazy to me. There's two different ways your body can get energy. You can get energy through glucose, which is carbohydrate breakdown. You know, your sugars break down into glucose and then you get your energy that way that's a fast burn um kind of like like jet fuel i would argue it's quick it's in it's out it's done yeah but that's why we carb load before uh, it's why a lot of people carb load before competitions competitions yeah. and stuff and people carb load in bodybuilding too because you fill out your muscle glycogen stores with that and that's another way to do it i'm not saying there's not multiple ways to oh, skip a cat there is totally different ways but as a keto athlete, I get my carbohydrates in the, the low amount I get, which is enough for the required production of glucose for my brain. Because your brain is the only thing that necessarily needs a little bit of carbohydrates. You can oh. technically go zero carb, um, which I did for months on end for fun. But um, <laughs> okay. uh, you can also get car uh, glucose through gluconeogenesis where protein breaks down. It breaks down the amino acids. You get glucose that way too. Well, but it's too fancy for me. It's a little, it's, it's a super complicated thing that I don't even understand the full science behind. It. And there are doctors that make six times what I do that understand it a lot better. Yeah. But um, the other energy source is ketones. So when you break down fats, you run them through the liver, you get ketones. Uh, ketones are a little different than glucose. So glucose, for example, in the brain is forced in. It's a pressurized system, basically. So when you have high blood glucose, it forces itself into the brain. But ketones are a siphon aspect. It's a different. So your brain only draws in what it needs for ketones, which is just a little different. And then you have the blood circulating ketones. Now, this is different than diabetic diabetic ketoacidosis, which is high blood glucose and high blood ketones. That's dangerous. That's when you know, like, hey, you're gonna die. Okay. Like that. That's a major concern at that level. Like, we need to get your blood sugar down, and we need to get your blood ketones down. Like, that's dangerous. With therapeutic. And nutritional ketosis, it's completely different. Your low levels, your blood sugar is still regulated. It's not elevated. Like Alyssa checks her blood sugar every morning. She's keto as well. Okay. Been keto both pregnancies. We're going on four years keto now. And I can count the days that I have been like non-keto on my hands. Yeah. And most of those days were honestly on our honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> we went to Disneyland. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
But uh, well, no one holds that shit against you. You can't yeah. be perfect, you know. No, no. So maybe, maybe uh, I'd like to see how giant this baby is. Yeah, you know Ryder, I mean? Ryder was a damn giant. We'll see maybe, how this this maybe one the turns Keto out. is uh, producing giants. You know, and we had actually had a conversation with the nurses when Ryder was born. So Ryder was born during COVID time. Okay. Still. Yeah, November of 21. Okay. He was, I guess, at the tail end of babies conceived during COVID. And they, the nurses made a reference to why are all these babies, like, freaky big? Yeah. Freaky strong. Like, Ryder, within an hour of being born, was lifting his head and looking around. That's incredibly abnormal. Yeah. But it's more common in children conceived during COVID. And Did I, you guys get your shots and shit too? No. Okay, thank no. you. No. Um, <laughs> but I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and yeah. his wife. And we were talking about potential like epigenetic things. So okay. the stress of a global pandemic and... Global disease running wild. It, you know, it's just an acute stress. Your okay. body doesn't see that that way. So I'm wondering if the reproduction during that time frame is basically building children of war. Because Whoa. that's going to be a similar stress as what your country or your clan, you know, a thousand years ago would have been like going to war. That similar level of stress is going to be there. So, yeah, there, there, I have a theory that a little bit has to do with some epigenetic stuff and just the stress of that, but yeah, it's fun. But I don't think keto is the, the full answer on that okay. one, to be completely honest. I don't, I don't believe keto is the save all. Um, okay. It's not. It's great for me. Right. It may not be great for everyone. So well, the the theory I have behind it too is uh, I want to look at something that's a hundred percent sustainable no matter what, right? Like I'm looking for like the downfall of humanity. Like if if humanity falls down, uh, you're probably not gonna be able to keep your keto diet very long. You know, actually, I, mean? I would argue you would keep it better. Really? Yeah. So okay, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go farm potatoes? Or are you gonna go hunt a deer or an elk? Well. Okay, now we got to get back to what society has right now. Do we have hunters? No. Or do we have gatherers right now? We have gatherers right, right. now. So but, I would say the majority of humans is probably going to go grab a potato versus fucking go hunting. But what are the ones that are going to live longer? The ones that are live longer are going to be the ones who are trained. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be the hunters because they're getting the most nutritionally dense food. And we're going to go back to eating organs. So, which yeah. is incredibly nutrient dense. And I feel like that's something that, you know, we miss as a society. Like my wife and I eat liver. We eat heart. Kidneys a little, little rough. Like I, I did kidney for a while. That's a little, little much for us. Yeah. But um, like when you go like the downfall of society, I'm going to go hike 15 miles. I'm going to go find an elk. I'm going to bring it home. Yeah. Versus, you know, and that's going to feed my family for a week, maybe two. Versus, you know, I'm going to go plant a garden. And you're going to have to wait for And I'm going to have to wait for six months. Okay. Like, or, well, I mean. E but to be completely sustainable, though, you would want something in the ground while you're out. Potentially, yeah. You know, right? So what happens when you don't come back? Well, now we got fucking taters, right? Like, 
So, I mean, I feel like when you get down to it, it's really going to be like a survival response of just what the fuck ever is available. I feel like that'll be part of it. Right. But I do feel like you're completely right. I mean, let's let's talk about what you just said. You're going to hike 15 miles. Who the fuck can do that right now? Not many people. Not many. I want to say 10% of humanity at the moment. If that. If that. Right. And so that's the thing I, I always say, and it sounds egotistical when I say this, but like... Uh, we're t- the 5% rule, right? People who work out are part of the top 5% of the entire planet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, the amount of strength I have, I'm probably in the part, top 2% of strength in the entire fucking planet. Yeah. You probably. know what I mean? Like, just, that's fucking fantastic that I can work, walk into a Costco and be like, I'm about 99% sure I'm probably the strongest fucking thing in this building. You know yeah. what I mean? That's crazy. But, like, how many people can... Hike 15 miles. How many people... Not to mention, you've been hunting, right? Yeah. You ever carried that motherfucker back? It's not easy. It's not It's not fun. You hiked 15 miles there. You fucking have the skill to hunt and kill this fucking thing. Now you got to carry it back. And you like want to carry a deer, as much even possible. A, even a deer, okay. You right. know, 120 to 150 pounds, say. Right. You know, everything. That's That's everything. That's a lot of weight to be rucking back. Right. Yeah. It's a bitch. And so we get to the point where how many people can even hike 15 miles? And we're talking hiking. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking mountain. Like yeah. none of this like just walking 15 miles straight on flat land. This is hiking shit. Yeah. With your shit on your back. That's what? Like 40 pounds maybe? Yeah. Then you got to find the shit, kill the shit, carry that shit back. It's now a you lot got of work. 200 pounds on your back. It's Fuck, a lot of man. work. Yeah. yeah. So most of humanity's going to die when this shit goes down. So, and I'm cool with it. That's fine. I'm down. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> I, I had this theory a long time ago. I was like, 80% of the population needs to die. Because we are, we are, I feel like we're the plague that's destroying this planet. I won't disagree with that. But that's very much a Thanos approach right there. I'm cool with it. I thought Thanos was uh, a little nice in his approach. 50%, yeah. Right? So, and, and the, but then I came to the realization as I'm getting older and more cynical, um, that 20% that's left over is still going to be 80% garbage. Because you don't choose, right? If you're being unchoosy and you just destroy 80%, that 20% is going to have 80% that's still... 80% is going to be garbage. garbage and that 80% is going to take over the 20% and run how the, the 20% who should be running the fucking everything is going to... You know? And so we're fucked anyways. Yeah. I... I feel like the society has just gotten rough, and I feel like it's not gotten better with social media and stuff like that, yeah. to be completely honest. Right. Social media is toxic. I'm trying to get away from it, and, but it's it's addicting. It's they, so addicting. They engineer it to to keep you drawn in. Well, and uh, I feel like it's hard, too, because everyone wants to blame the internet, but the internet has done so much good in my eyes just because the amount of information that's available. But now we're getting... Oops, we're getting, especially, like, I just said this a little while ago. I had a client, and I call them overeducated idiots, right? They are so well-educated that they think they know all this shit. Don't tell me how to do my job, dude. Like, or you, you're, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you don't understand how this works at all. Just because your book's smart doesn't make you smart. Yeah. So we have all this information, and people keep taking in all this information, the problem is, 
again, 80% of the population is garbage. So most of the information you're pulling in is garbage. But now you think you know because someone said so. Yeah, I I wonder um, how much of that like goes back to coaching too. Because you think about it, like oh, the, yeah. the people who are really good coaches who are just book smart and like have, haven't done it, like some people are just meant to be coaches. Right. Like they're not great athletes, but they're phenomenal coaches. Right. But there are some people who are fantastic athletes that Shit know all coaches. the knowledge yeah. and try to become coaches and are just horrid. Oh yeah. But. So when we go to that, um, I was actually talking to Ramona a little bit about that shit. Uh, and I was talking about people just starting to be coaches with no fucking experience. And it was really frustrating to me because I, I was really thinking about it. And I'm, I'm pissed because the way I started coaching was I was asked to coach because of the amount of experience I have. Because I've been doing this for fucking ever. So mm-hmm. people have been asking like, hey, hey, can I work out with you? Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not going to fucking coach you, but I can show I, you what like, I know. Listening back on your, like, some of your first podcasts, it's like, I'm not a coach, and but now look at you. Right. You are a coach. Well, and that's the thing is I became a coach out of almost necessity, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to go kickboxing again at the place I'm coaching now. I was like, man, I just, I need an outlet again. All this other shit. He's like, well, we own the whole building now. We own the fitness side as well. Like, how do you feel about coaching strength here? And we'll just give you a membership. And I was like, uh, I guess. Like, like sure. Uh, sure, man. Like, I'm not the best. And the problem is that I coach and everybody's like, well, what do you think about my scapulus, rumpus, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. You mean your shoulder? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know all these fucking fancy words. I can teach you how to get strong. That's it. Like, I know the fucking effective things that are make, like, what are you weak at? I, I know how to fix that. And the five three one method. Right. That's one of the that's one of the most effective forms that I've ever used. I haven't had to divert because it's never let me down. So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep doing that. And it's a solid foundation. It is. Yeah, and I guess I'm a little bit different with that because we got into coaching. Right. A little bit. Like yeah. we started God Strength Go. But we didn't start it like I didn't start the business to become a coach to get rich. Like no, right? I a hundred percent started this business for my wife. Okay. Because Alyssa saw a demographic of women, specifically mothers, who are postpartum that get pushed into the postpartum bounce back. Okay. That's not healthy in either one of our opinions. Like the idea of. You are breastfeeding your child. Let's have you, you know, lose that 110 pounds or whatever. Just get you super skinny lean and, you know, never mind what happens to, you know, your milk production. Things like that postpartum. Like, let's not talk about that. But, no, she wants to work with women who struggle postpartum. She wants to help moms. Because mothers and fitness, like, the progressive overload. Okay, yeah. Think about it. A child is the perfect progressive overload. Okay. Do a press with your child at eight pounds. Yeah. In two weeks, they're going to be eight and a half. Two weeks after that, they're going to be 10. Then all of a sudden, you've got a 30-pound or 35-pound toddler that becomes not only progressively, you know, he's progressively overloaded you the entire time. He's now moving. Which adds a whole different dynamic to the exercise with the difficult. same press. And it's also adding instability, all that other shit. And it's great because 
it's a slow incremental overload and it's not overworking your system at the same so, time. So you know, I I actually was wondering, I wanna say when my when one of my cousins who we do hang out with mm-hmm. um, had her child and I was holding this baby and I'm like, fuck, I used to do this all the time with my kids. This baby's fucking heavy. Like yeah. what the shit. But that progressive overload, I never thought about it that way. Alyssa is a perfect example. Okay. So Ryder came in at eight eleven. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, he's just short of nine pounds. Yeah. That nine pounds was rough to carry around for the first couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, That's a big both, baby. Both her and I struggled with it because it's, it's awkward. He's yeah. off balance. There's a lot of core engagement when you're carrying a child yeah. because he's off to one side. He's on the hip. You're carrying him under the arm, things like that. Yeah. He's 35 pounds now. Alyssa will just pick him up and hand him full extension. Yeah. No problem. That's a huge, that's huge, progress-wise, from being able to not do that with a 9-pound baby to doing it with a 35-pound baby. Well, not to mention, I mean, think about parenting-wise as well. Like, say you are playing with this kid doing your workouts, right? Your progressive overloads, you're picking him up, you're doing certain things with this baby, is is what she's saying, right? You're going to work out with your child, that child's gonna fucking love it. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna feel more engaged with their parent, and and in turn the fitness which should be instilled at a fairly young age, right, is getting instilled, right, like being active in some way, shape, or form. I don't necessarily care how you're active. Like powerlifting isn't for everyone. CrossFit isn't Absolutely. for everyone. Strongman isn't for everyone. Bodybuilding is definitely not for everyone. Right, you have to be a little narcissistic to be a bodybuilder okay. sometimes, but. Like, the idea of fitness. Right. Getting in there. Like, okay, for example, we have a 40-pound adjustable kettlebell that we bought off Amazon. Yeah. For, that I bought for when I was home so that way I could be home more, not go to the gym as much. Right. Ryder still, like, probably once a week goes over and sees if he can pick it up. Cool. We have a 10-pound soft kettlebell that Alyssa's had for a long time. He picks that up. Yeah. I bought him little one pound, you know, the, the typical like quote women weights that they sell on Amazon, the dollar, most yeah. expensive weight per pound I've ever bought. Okay. Yeah. It was like $45 for two pounds. Wow. I'm like, that's like, I'd rather buy 45 pound plates that price. Right. But like we bought them. He carries them around and yeah. curls them. Like, okay, that's, kid, that's pretty good. Yeah. And like he was at my in-laws the other day and he's picking up the three pound ones. He has this little riding John Deere tractor that's six pounds, something like that. He deadlifts it and curls it. Nice. And it's a little, and then, yeah, it's just, it's wild what the kid's able to do now. Yeah. Like my, I carry a gallon water bottle around all day. So gallon, 8.8 pounds for a gallon, plus the stainless steel water bottle, plus the lid. Comes in about 12 pounds. He'll deadlift that. Gets the cutest little grunt going. But it's like I'm seeing those habits that are starting early from her working out at home with him. Okay, interesting. And it's it's neat to see those things being instilled because it gives me hope for what he can be right. in the future. Like he's going to be stronger than me, no questions asked. Because he has so much of a competitive advantage over me. Right. Because he's starting at 1. I started at 25. Right. There's a huge difference there. You know, I thought it was you starting this whole thing. The the I I did it, but that's because I understand the business side a little bit more. 
Okay. But like, yeah, I have, I mean, it's a little separate because she has her clients, I have mine. Okay. But it's a similar approach. But I didn't start this for me. I started it for her. Right. She wanted an outlet to be able to help people, to get people quality stuff that we use every day. And, you know, so we, we created it. Like, yeah, we hemorrhaged money to build something, you know, build the website, build, you know, the infrastructure on the back end. And like, I, I, we pay monthly for credit card processing services. So that way people can use it. Okay. Like we're not, it's, we charge $150 a month. Most, com, most competition in our area charge anywhere from three to 400 and something dollars a month. Right. And it's just like, no, we didn't, didn't do it to get rich. We didn't do it. We, I mean, we have to charge something because we have to not go yeah, back. Overhead. We have, yeah. we have to not go backwards. Right. But we are, but who cares? Who cares? <laughs> right. That's kind of how I, it always starts. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't care. I built it as a passion project. Yeah. It, it wasn't built as a, like, ah, yeah, I'm going to go into this and just make money and replace my day job with it. No, I'll stick with pools. Right. Pools are relatively profitable. Right. So. Well, so it makes me nervous. Um, I don't know if you got the, the feeling with when I was talking to Ramona that maybe it was directed at you or not. It was directed at everybody at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little frustrated with everybody starting to coach. I'm just seeing it become just such a big thing. And it's, it's pissing me off and it's scaring me is what it's doing. And I'm going to explain why. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that CrossFit shit I was talking about. Mm-hmm. These people have no fucking right to be teaching this technical, hard shit. You know what I mean? But they just are doing it for, like, usually money, right? Or for fucking ego or whatever. And it's frustrating because it's a lot. You could be hurting someone, like, forever. Mm-hmm. You could be teaching someone who now teaches someone how to do this wrong. You could be, it's just, it could hurt this community so big. And I love this community, this whole weightlifting strength community. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been upset about the amount of just internet coaches that are coming out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's really frustrating because most of these people have been lifting for a year, two years, three years. Like, you know, I feel like if you don't even understand what lifting is till about five, six years in. You know what I mean? Like, I can I can understand the appreciation for a sport or the appreciation for something, right? But until you're like five, six years into something, you're, you're not understanding, like, what this actually is. Like, the community that's involved in it. I mean, you went right into competition, so you got thrown into it a little bit. Trial by fire. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you understand it a bit more than most people would. But some of these people, I have a, a friend, I'm not going to mention his name, but he probably knows who it is. He listens to the podcast. Oh. But he's uh, been doing this for, this is his second year. And he's already yeah. coaching. Yeah, and I'm not what coaching. What the fuck are you doing? I'm not coaching competitors. You're not? Okay. I'm not. I'm not ready to, I'm not there yet. Right. And I'm not going to, like, if somebody needs a bodybuilding coach that right. wants a, specifically a ketogenic bodybuilding coach. Right. I will send them to my coach because right. I still have a coach. And I'll be like, no, that's who you need to go talk to. He literally wrote the like ketogenic bodybuilding book. It's like the Bible of ketogenic bodybuilding. Interesting. It's it's Arnold's book in mini focused towards ketogenic. Okay. okay. But, you know, if you want, you know, a local bodybuilding coach that does more of a flexible or bro style, like 
or you want a vegan one. I have people I know right. that do different approaches that I can send you to and go, no, they have been doing this for over a decade. Right. No, they've won multiple pro shows. Like, go walk through their gym. The root ceiling line of their gym is coded in their trophies, their awards, everything. Like, go talk with them. Well, it, it was also a big thing. I don't know if you heard the Ramona one, where I actually had this big aha moment with her. And uh, it was talking about what, what you're talking about right now. Uh, because at first, I was just pissed. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just mad that I feel like these people are ruining my fucking community and my sports and like all this other shit. I'm mad. And then she's like, okay, well, how about like these people, maybe they are coming into it with the right mindset and they do just want to help teach people and they can understand that like you're starting with these, these people who are starting, who are just starting coaching, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be a little cheaper. They're going to have a little less knowledge and all this other stuff. But when that person gets to a certain point, that coach is going to go, okay, well, you're ready for this. This is who you talk to now. Like now you're ready for a different level of coaching and you move up and you start talking to that person, right? I feel like there's some level of humility that's needed for that. And there's not a lot of people in the world just in general that have that level of humility to be able to go, I am not the right guy for you. Right. And I think that's hard because it's like, you know, your clients, they ask you all the specific technical questions. You're like, I'm not that guy. Right. I will get you stupid strong. Right. And I will show you how to do it. But if you need the biomechanical side, like, okay, you need to go talk to somebody else. Right. And like, here's I know who exactly I talk to. who to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just having that person to go. And I think being a coach and having those resources available yeah. is more important because it's not necessary. Like, they may have that one specific question, but they may not be financially able to afford that coach. Right. Because, like, yeah, you can get a coach that's $1,000 a month. Oh, yeah. Like, and they, like, I. Honestly, there's some people who wouldn't bat an eye about that. But there's some people that will go, that's more than my rent. That's more than my mortgage a month. I can't afford that. Right. Mo- most of the clients that like we deal with that are, you know, $150 a month. It's not a whole lot. That's less than 5 bucks a day. Right. That's, you know, your, your cup of coffee in the morning. Right. A lot of ours are still struggling to afford that every month, and that's right. fine. I don't expect you like i'm not that coach right but i like even if you just signed up with us for a month and you still have questions and you shoot me or Alyssa a message like i'm gonna answer the question i don't care but you know i'm not i think it goes back to that what you started talking about at the beginning some people are meant to be coaches and some people aren't Mm -hmm. and i think that is one of one a really big deal to understand who you are and what you provide and be okay with the fact that you don't provide everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the hard part is some people feel like coaching is like a place of power. Whereas like a good coach is going to see it as like a place of responsibility Mm -hmm. to your clients, to their well being, to the best thing. Like if someone came to me and they're like, I want to learn Olympic coaching or uh, Olympic lifting. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know a guy who can teach you that. It ain't yeah. me. It, it, like, I don't do Olympic lifting. It's too technical for me. I prefer Olympic the strength lifting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like with the coaching is a power play. It's like there are some coaches that do that just for power. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Like, so the WNBF Natural Show, the one up north, backstage with the guys talking post-show, post like, we're in between, we're waiting waiting and waiting so we just sit there and talk and it's like one of these guys is like it's like 18 or 19 
just for show, like me, we're just talking and he's like, yeah, I, I'm probably going to start on gear. And I was like, oh, I'm just like, what? And I was like, dude, 19. you're like 18, 19. Like, yeah. Like, just wait. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, how, how long please. have you been lifting? He's like, three years. He's like, I've already hit my genetic potential. I was like, three years and you hit your genetic potential. Like, Who okay. Who the fuck told you that? His coach. Then that coach should not be coaching. It, and that was one of the things that there was there was a couple of the pros back there talking with us that were yeah. like, realistically, you need to find a new coach. Yeah. Second, you need to keep trying. Like, yeah. the natural side isn't for everyone, and I understand that. Like, right. And with the snapshot world we live in of Instagram and Facebook, right? it's hard because everybody wants to be 6% body fat with that, that perfect the taper all the time. Is all this shit that, like, you're a natural bodybuilder. Don't I don't look at fucking Ronnie Coleman. Right? Like, know? I don't have abs right now. Right. But I also have friends that are going into competition that are 205 pounds. So their stage weight is going to be 20 to 30 pounds heavier than mine. Yeah. And they're going to come in and look absolutely shredded. Right. But they've been doing it for 15 years. Right. 20 years. Like, they've been doing it a long time. Right. So and they put that work in and they go, oh, I want to look like him. I'm like, okay, well, That's put it, put years it about work. like 17 more years right. and we'll talk, right? And do it naturally and just lift heavy. Yeah, it's it's and it's difficult because there's so many people like that, especially with the natural natural sports, just in general being small. Yeah, it's like there because nobody wants to like that was the thing. I I went to that powerlifting meet and I left. Yeah. Nobody really wants to watch it. You know what I mean? And it's no. the amount of difficulty it takes to not only do it naturally, but to be in the face of those types of people. Like, I'm I'm on gear. So the people who aren't, like, I don't want to watch that because I know, what's I don't know. What's possible? Well, I don't know about that. I think it's more of like a... I see, I see the geared lifters pulling eight, nine hundred pounds. So five hundred and fifty is not like that much to me. That is, that's not even like, you know, I'm pulling seven fifty, almost eight hundred right now. Yeah. So like, that's not that much to me, and I'm not even competitive. Yeah, and you see, know? yeah, you look at me like one rep max deadlift. Like I'm like four fifteen, four twenty, somewhere, somewhere in there is is my one rep max. Right. Okay. For me, 550, that's a goal. Yeah. Like, I would love to be able to pull 495. Like, that would be phenomenal for me. Right. With a conventional deadlift. Yes, please. Thank you. So, yeah. like, I don't get me wrong. I love my sumos. I love my trap bars. But if you are, like, it's if you're pulling for one rep max, it's conventional or nothing. Yeah. But that's just a personal thing. Like, right. It, it, that's what everybody keeps saying. I mean... Everybody wants it to be a personal thing. I mean, it is, to me, I, I feel the same way, that if you're pulling heavy-ass weight, it needs to be up at least 12 inches. Yeah, and I think not. part of the problem is there's a little bit of biomechanical differences with some people with the way, like, their hips are joined together, where sumo's a little bit easier. I, I get it, but I like conventional. I yeah. like being slightly miserable. So Yeah. Miserable for longer. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, there's a reason way. I ice bath most days. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, okay, I had to break a couple inches of ice and go sit in the ice <laughs> bath for a few minutes, but, you know. Yeah. Well, what are we at right now? 
79. That's a little bit over an hour. Um, I did want to hit that, what you were talking about, neuro. Oh, neuro, uh, neurofeedback and brain neuro, mapping? Brain mapping, right. So I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. All right. I'd like to hear it. I'm green at this. Fair warning. Okay, but that's fine. I am working with a physician here in town. He's over off of 164th. I can okay. give him his contact. But um, so I got a brain map done. So he looked at and mapped my brain to figure out like what makes me tick, things like that. Whoa. Yeah. So for example, I was in a traumatic car accident a couple years ago. I got T-boned and the dude was like 65 miles an hour, blew a red light. I got pushed across five lanes of traffic. Probably should have died. Okay. All right. I didn't. I'm still here. You can still see that car accident, like the point of impact on my brain. There's a dead spot in my brain. Shit. Yeah. Right? And so, like, little things. Like, apparently I have, like, PTSD from the ages of around six, where you can visually see, like, something is damaged in my brain that during the developmental phase of about six years old. Something. something so something happened when I was six years old, and we don't necessarily know what. It could have been something that meant nothing to anyone else. Could have been. But it meant it could, it could have been you. abuse in some way, shape, or right. form that we don't know about either. Right, because our, our brain does does save does weird from things. That. Yeah, you throw like I'm ADD. I've got some mild OCD. I have some eating disorder stuff all mixed in there. Like right. you can see it. So I am doing neurofeedback, which is the retraining of your brain and the creating of new neural pathways. So I am training my brain multiple times a week right now to process things differently. I've been doing it for a couple months. Is this covered by insurance at all? No, I'm paying for it out of pocket. Okay. But I am working on, so like anger management stuff, super short-tempered stuff. Like I was really snappy for a long time. And so I started doing this and like my employees, my wife, my family have noticed I'm a lot more manageable to be around. Okay. So I am rewiring my brain's reward system to be less reactive in that regard. Interesting. So I don't escalate things as much. Um, emotional stability is one of those things that's kind of a side effect of it. So I'm like more mentally stable. I'm more present like with my wife, my son, things like that. I'm, I'm noticing that... Um, so most bodybuilders won't talk about eating disorder stuff like post-show. It's really easy because you have the goal of the show. You're only 50% there. Like recovery dieting after is really difficult. So like there was a couple months that I went on a bender. Yeah. Like everything in sight that was not bolted down got eaten. And, and like I'm working through part of that is just how far post-show I am. Part of that is the neurofeedback. So like I'm rewiring that part of my brain to help with that side to get that eating disorder stuff sorted out for next time around. So I don't have it as bad. Right. So, and it's interesting, like, cause you use just frequencies that are basically sent to the brain using different points. Like you have points on your earlobes, you know, behind the ears, all around, you know, your skull, you can use different points of feeding signals and frequencies in so that way you can reward the brain in different ways. And there's different frequencies you can use. So, so, so did he take like an MRI of your brain or something? Or Kind of. Okay. 
Okay. Kind of. So he he mapped it using he has some software that maps it using it's like one of those mesh bag things that go over your head with all the sensors. It's kind of oh. nutty. But you do that, and then he writes a report of what he finds, and then you can create a treatment plan from that. So we did that. Wow. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool stuff. Um, it's a lot more cutting edge than I expected when I started it. Okay. I because I've been like, oh, it's been around for a while. Yeah, it's been around for a while, but nobody's used it to the level that they're using it now, and it's very much cutting edge. And I'm like finding out all kinds of things about it so i'm i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying the the feedback i'm getting from just people around me of like you're a better person now interesting yeah it's it's pretty neat stuff um it's just different but i'm definitely in the biohacking area like i want to maximize everything if you Tell me something's going to help. Like one thing, you know, after I'm done and all healed up and I can start ice bathing again and we have our home gym built. Um, like there was a study that talked about, you know, oh, if you ice bath before you lift, you can increase your testo- your natural testosterone production by like tenfold. Guy jumped it from like, I think it was like 400, 500 to like 1200 in a Japanese study. Jeez. Done a couple of years ago just by ice bathing before he lifted. Yeah, neat stuff, right? Yeah, that'd be interesting. So, and as somebody who suffers from low T, I'm intrigued by that. So you suffer from low T. You're not. You're not even interested in TRT. Not right now. No. Okay. Yeah. Not yet. Um, I'm not saying twenty eight. Okay. My last. uh, I was three ninety seven on my last test as of January thirty first. That's good though. That's not terrible. That's That's barely over. Because it's supposed to be three hundred to twelve hundred, right? So you're barely in the. But I'm 28, and well, I lift you rarely. You should be around like a grand. I'm yeah. I'm supposed to be around a grand. The highest I have ever seen was 611. Damn. Almost 50 percent of what I need, what I'm supposed to be at, which is why I have such a hard time putting on size. Interesting. Right. So that's a. Like I've been. That's fucking in rough, that. man. Because I mean. But I figured out what my issue is. After months of testing, I figured out that I have a luteinizing hormone issue. So the hormone that sends your testes the information to produce more testosterone, that signal isn't there. I can produce more, but the signal saying to produce more isn't there. So there's some... uh, couple people I know who are into the supplement side of things more and they recommend it. They're looking at my lab results and they're like, well, you have non-alcoholic fatty liver, even being keto and doing, I was zero carb for the entire month of January. They're like, your liver enzymes are still too elevated. So you need to detoxify your liver. You should do um, some silver supplementation. And they made some recommendations. I just have to do it. It's expensive, so I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. I haven't pulled the trigger. It's like $400 for a month. Yeah. But, you know, if it's something that can benefit me long term, I'd be willing to Yeah, I'm getting my blood work done next week. Uh, I got to see what's going on, man. But Who do you have doing that? Uh, just LabCorp. Oh, okay. And I have, uh, I have uh, the guy Stan Efferding uses mm-hmm. to read all... Uh, Read all your results and send them back to you. They really just take all your results, put them in the right categories, and send them back. So, 
We'll see. I mean, the last time I got blood work done, I was in the middle of a, I was in the middle of a cycle, and oh. I'm getting ready for shit. And um, you still got to get your shit done, right? I get it done every like, well, I should be getting it done every three months, but it's like every six to eight. But um, fuck, you talk about testosterone levels; they only go up to two. 2,999, and I was, like, peaked at that shit, like, where my test levels were at. It was, like, it was pretty fucking crazy, man. So, uh, yeah, because yeah, I'm, on, I'm on quite a bit of shit, and, like, I'm trying to get ready for some comps. And this for, this comp in a couple of weeks is kind of, like, it's really just because I have a couple clients in it that I'm kind of coaching. I mean, the, the, the weights aren't that impressive and none of that shit, and... I still want to go because it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and I want to stay in the community. And then I have another competition, which is a little heavier, but I'm going for my pro card at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And the weights that he listed for that are fucking stupid. Like weights that I didn't even think like I'd be ready for for years. Like, what, give us one of them. One of them? Uh, one of them is like, oh man, I can't even think of it. I think it's like... Uh, Five or three fifty a hand for the farmers carry, like three hundred fifty pounds per hand. Yeah, and that that's seven hundred pound farmer carries. That sounds like fun. It was it was nuts. I could pull it up here, but we're doing the lender update instead of hoping to get the dogs. You, um, I was skimming a survey. Uh, sorry. No, yeah, you're good. Something the other day, and it was talking about testosterone replacement. It didn't list any dosage on. Right on the snippet I was reading, but it was a study done in like 2018, 2019, but it was talking about people age, males 18 to 40, and they were comparing muscle mass gain. Yeah. So. 18 to 40? 18 to yeah. 40. Zero work added workouts. These were all sedentary people. No. Sedentary. Yep. So they didn't do nothing beforehand. So 18 to 40, zero added workout, zero testosterone. Additional. Oh. Zero pounds of muscle gain. Okay. Figured, right? You're not changing anything in your life. You're not going to be gaining muscle by doing nothing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. All right. You were that so you start working out, and they said the workouts were four days a week. They okay. didn't list times, but naturally, they gained four pounds of muscle. Jesus. No, no exogenous anything. So 100% natural gained four pounds of muscle. Sedentary people with testosterone, seven pounds of muscle. Yeah. No lifting. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Just testosterone. Seven pounds of muscle. So that, uh, then you almost doubled it by just adding testosterone, and you didn't even have to lift the weight. Right. Sounds pretty great, right? Yeah. What about testosterone and lifting? 14 pounds so of muscle gain. So that's almost triple. In 90 days. In 90 These days. was a 90-day study. It was wild, and I'm like, well, there's why it's so... Like, people are so into it. Like, it makes it easy. Are you ready for these? Yeah. So, log, clean, and press. That means you have to put it on the ground every time. Oh, yeah. It's 300 pounds. Okay. Uh, Wessel rules for 18-inch pound deadlift. That I'm not going to explain all that. But, um, oh, so this is it. So, it's a Husafeld stone, and farmers carry medley. The Husafeld stone itself is 400 pounds. So, that's 30 feet. And then uh, 350 a hand for the farmers carry. Sandbag to shoulder is going to be 320 pounds, 350, wow. and 400. And then uh, the Denny Stones. We're doing those. You know what those are? Mm-mm. So that's like the old Scottish like starting of Strongman, where it's like two big-ass rocks 
with just handles. And oh. they pick them up like that. Yeah. So total weight is 851. Wow. I saw a little bit of that last night because the Arnold's going on right now. Yeah. Oh, so, my buddy Joey's in it. Joey oh, Stamke. He's yeah. in uh, the middleweight men. He's in fifth place right now. That's cool. There was a, a woman last night, or I guess two nights ago now, that broke her world record again. Okay. That I didn't see it. I haven't watched chick. them yet. I can't oh, remember yeah. her name. She's fucking she pulled everything. 641. Yeah. She she's, pulled 651 at the Arnold. And I'm like, oh, wow. All right. Like, get it. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. I mean, to break your own records is fun, but like... To break your own records and have them be world records? Yeah. That's cool. I think it'd be more fun to have someone right there with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who keeps breaking your record and you're like, fuck you. Oh, the back and forth? Yeah. 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 More fun. But, yeah, so I'm going against, uh, it's the pros, so there's no weight. Yeah, when when are those? Uh, that one's uh, December 9th. Okay. So that one's in December. Uh, is it local? Uh, slightly. It's like two hours from here, I believe. It's uh, Albany, Oregon. Oh, yeah. So that's not crazy, but... No, because when's your... You've got one coming up here soon, on the 18th, right? Yeah, the 18th. That one's in Salem. Okay, is that... Which one... Which gym is that at? Uh, Kamikaze, I believe. Okay. I know that doesn't mean anything right now, <laughs> but yeah, that one's at Kamikaze, uh, March, this is May. Yeah, dude, that one's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be more for fun than anything else. Yeah. Just the weights aren't, like even the deadlift, like the biggest they got is like 550, and I was like, yeah. So that one, uh, it's it's Andrew Letty. I love the guy to death, but uh, let's see what we got. We'll go to the top. I'm going to be, I was going to be in middleweight men, so 275 to 240, but I didn't make weight, so I'm just going to win the big guys. I really don't give a shit. Um, so 275 plus, because I'm at like 290 right now. Yeah. So the log press medley is 225, 245, and 265, which is really not a lot. Uh, the yoke runs 850, which is, is heavy, you know, but. Didn't yeah, it, it ain't light. It's not light, right, but it's it's also your full body. It's like two inches off the ground. It's, it's really not crazy. Uh, and then the deadlift ladder, 5, 525, 550, 575, and 600. I could probably do all those pretty quickly. Uh, farmer's run, 850 to 280. Oh, so they're going to combine the yoke and the farmers. So this will be 250 per hand, or 280 per hand. And then, okay, so is it like you do the yoke down and then do the farmer's carriage yeah. back? Well, what he did, which kind of frustrated me, sorry, Andrew, but uh, it was a 100, 100 competitor max. So, oh, this is that one. He's all, got like 160 now. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Now, like, this is going to be like a fucking 10 hour event. You I mean, know? That, that, that would frustrate the crap out of me. Well, it just sucks because, like, when you have two hours in between each event, you cool all the way down. You got to warm all the way back up. It's just so it's taxing. And, uh, it, and plus, it's long. I yeah. want to go home. Yeah. You know? Like, exactly. I want to have my victory sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but don't, don't forget to film that. You got to make some money on it. The victory right? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm trying to do the OnlyFans. The verification's fucking rough. Like, <laughs> I've tried it like six, seven times where they want a picture of your your face and your ID. But it's got to be the right lighting. It's got to be all this other shit. Like, fuck, man. But once I do, I'll put my sexcapades all over the place. <laughs> I keep making videos. like. 
But you're just waiting to post until you're yeah. verified, so you well, can. Well, it's make mostly them. just videos of me fucking nutting all over the floor or some shit. Like, I got. I've been working on my actual shot. You know what I mean? So, oh, you, do you have like cornhole set up now? <laughs> <laughs> cornhole? <laughs> no, man. I just. I'm really just trying to work on like holding it right at the, till the last minute and then shooting it out so it really comes out. Instead going for of that just distance kinda, shot? I am going for some distance. Like, how many leaves of a table? <laughs> how many leaves of a table? I can probably... No, I, I'm, I'm within one leaf right now. Like, so maybe I could hit the end of it. Like, but, like, maybe here. But, <laughs> that's it. I don't know. Apparently, girls, chicks really dig the, the fucking cum shot videos. You know? Like, and dad bods are in right now. Like right. Still are. I'm fucking into that shit. And plus, I'm not just, it's not just a dad bod either. I'm pretty fucking strong. Yeah. So, chicks will like that shit. You should have some, uh, like, lifting videos from competition or so something. what I told uh, the owner of the gym, I was like, hey, so uh, what would it take for you to turn off these cameras for, like, an hour or so? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if I come in here and I'm deadlifting naked or doing pull-ups naked, like... You can watch if you want, but, like, you might want to turn them off. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? I'm like, I want to do some OnlyFans videos. Oh. And I was thinking, like, of a deadlift, like, giving a little flick right at the end <laughs> so my dick's just over the deadlift bar, just hanging there. But anyways. That would have to be your profile picture, then. The dick over the yeah. deadlift yeah. bar? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's got to be some good weight on it. Exactly. But that's the hard part. Do I want to be purple in these fucking pictures? You know what I mean? Just be like red in the face, just like uh, with everything I got, but half hard. I mean, there's worse things. I guess. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Um, I could be taking video from behind. Or you could be I, vegan. As I go down, or vegan. Gross! Don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> Don't do that. We weren't made to be vegan. <sighs> fuck it. I'm lactose intolerant though, but I still say fuck it. I don't give a shit. You know, there's. I, I find uh, most people who are actually lactose intolerant. Or like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't care if I have to spend two hours in the bathroom after. I fucking wrecked my room last night. I'm in there taking a shower, just like offending myself. You know, <laughs> like it's so bad. But I had to have pizza. It was good. It was real good. Where'd you go for the pizza? Uh, it was fucking those frozen pizzas from Costco. Oh yeah. yeah. For for the money, those are pretty good. Well, so we just keep them in the freezer, and then my daughter was like. I was like, well, you want this? You want this? You want this? She's like, no. She's like crazy picky. I'm like, how about pizza? She's like, all right, cool. I was like, fuck it, then whatever. There's a new pizza place in Little Center now that's supposed to be pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they opened it up. It's just on the north end of town. So I haven't been there yet. But Interesting. I hear it's pretty good. It just opened up like last week. Cool. Punkies or something like that. Punkies? Yeah. It's up by the bay. Are you familiar with Little Center at all? A little, yeah. So you go, like, the bakery and the police station, it's like, Oh, I know where that you, is. You yeah. line up those two roads, it's right there on the okay. back corner. Yeah, so. right across from like the New Phoenix or some shit? Yeah, a couple blocks behind it, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, man, well, let's shut her down. All right, I got to go clean some pools. Cool. All right, man, well, uh, thanks for joining me. Again, this is Tyler Toby Townsend. Dakota Guy. And uh, I appreciate you coming, man. We'll yeah. have you back. Maybe we'll have you and Alyssa at the same time. Oh, God, that's she's a feeling terrible a little idea. better. <laughs> terrible, a terrible idea. idea. All right. We'll have to bring Ryder then. He can give us all the rundown. There we go. He can just be screaming in the background because yeah. he wants yeah, out of this room. Tiny human. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man.